Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide to the Focus Fire Chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you guys with the weekly podcast as well as game streams, the website, and other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 115 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 5th, 2018, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for an evening back in the tower. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who has been said to have the voice of a flower and the connection of a bad Vex gate network. Ju- okay, what what is your name this this evening? My name is Sethona, and my oath is life. I, I vow this on, on my right eye. Or is it the middle eye? I it's don't the know. right. It's the right it's eye. The right. <laughs> I was right. You were right. 33.33%. Repeating, of course. Repeating, of course. Repeating. Repeating indefinitely. Oh, God. Sorry. Yeah, that's about right. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, we also we also have our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green Eyed Music Lover, Green. Hope you're doing well. Looking forward to tonight's chat. I am. I'm looking forward to some uh, some more books of sorrow talk in some some spinning because i think we're going to be doing a little bit of spin foil tonight i have too. an answer to one of your questions what are actually. you talking i actually about? found the answer to your one of your questions and i'm very excited about it uh, that's because you are blue ricks and your your truth is understanding <laughs> oh god it, are we going back to that joke it didn't um it, does it have to do with a certain tweet thread that we got st- tagged in earlier today because if that's the case i know which one you're going to bring up no i'm not remembering which tweet thread we got caught in the other day i've gotten caught in a lot of tweet threads yeah sorry recently no 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 i'm I'm absolutely i'm like no not that tweet thread that's one of them that's my favorite one one ever i know that that is yeah i think you've mentioned that like at least once an hour it's epic um i love it but we also have with us the grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? You still you still with I'm... us in the in the waking world? What uh what is what is up? How does <laughs> hang on. We're dealing with cosmic law tonight, right? So I don't have to worry about which way is up or down. Right. I can just we... allow myself to to kind of figure out what that is later on. That's just stipulation. Yeah. Have I explained frack words to you? Have what? Have I explained frack words to you? Uh, As a, it's a direction. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you in post show. I'll catch you in post show. Okay. Catch you in post show. Oh, man. Well, I know we're looking forward to diving into the discussion. Uh, let's run through our standard intro notes and then get right into it. 
Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at the Hive siblings. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the Books of Sorrow. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our show notes or on our new website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghost and Echoes, a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, This Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We also have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast that discusses a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on Exodus Black. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. The Hive siblings have represented the continuous struggle for power, but in the kind of loving, I'm going to try and kill you and make sure you're the best you can be kind of way. Since we went over the Books of Sorrow last week, this week the major questions are, did or does Zabathun take on the mantle of Oryx as the Taken Queen? Also, what is the nature of the, air quote, resurrection of each sibling after being killed by the other? Where is Zivu Arath at the moment? Does Zavathun still have the worm? Where did the Tablets of Ruin go? So many questions, and so little time. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the Hive siblings, though, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. So, draw close. Closer. Yes, let me tell you why you should not fear Willbreaker, the Sword of Oryx. This is kind of what we were going to talk about for the Lost Lore, because um, a lot of people have, in Destiny 2, are very familiar with swords as far as player options, but uh, some of those people might not be familiar with where exactly the sword kind of came from in regards to lore and within the history of Destiny. And this was actually back in The Taken King. Um, and as promised, I will be mentioning Shax because he is pretty big on this whole process. Swords! Um, <laughs> Shax, Shax, Swords. Loves his, Shax loves his swords. Um, 
So the first the first thing about Willbreaker is that each of the Hive siblings that we will be talking about later kind of was associated with a weapon uh, of their kind of that personified them. Oryx had a sword. Uh, Zivu Arath had a hammer and Savathun had a scalpel. Uh, and yes, I will. We will be coming back to that because I, I really want to play Rift Ball. So Bungie, if you're listening to this, that's completely OK with me because Hammers and Bungie have a have a special place in my heart. Um, so but first, the question is, what what exactly is so important about Willbreaker? And as far as the Hive is concerned, swords hold a very, very, very high place in their understanding of basically everything. Uh, you see this within the very kind of religion that they have with the logic of the sword. And the interesting thing about Willbreaker is that its blade is not dulled by age or by use. Uh, each death it trades for life hones its edge. It basically gives it more uh, what what they call weight and gravitas and even an insistence within the vortex of its own totality. Um, this is basically meaning that as Willbreaker is used more and more, it actually is becoming sharper. It becomes more deadly. And this is something that a lot of the Ascendant Blades kind of seem to do within the Hive. The other thing with Willbreaker is according to the the Grimoire card Dark Drinker, which is over on Ishtar, if you want to read a really good description of the sword, to be taken in Willbreaker's grasp is to know true bliss. That is to be simplified, that is to be reduced to one's most basic level, shedding all higher order thoughts of fear or duty or selflessness. That is, to feel only pain. It basically reduces you to the most basic level of existence. And that is the point is that is the final shape that it is trying to, to bring you to. So that's, that's kind of the, the lost lore with Willbreaker. It was the sword of Oryx that we then, once we finished the Taken King, we actually took the heart of it. We took a, a shard, the crystal from that. Well, actually we didn't, um, our, our good friend, Eris Morn did. And then, through the assistance of Shax, who apparently we found out was very well versed in sword crafting, which is a, a form of forging a, a blade, and was apparently a very, very proficient sword master. Um, and he he did take back his raise lighter, so he thanks you for that beard. Uh, he he really does appreciate you giving him back his raise lighter. <laughs> Give me a pack, you fucking horn thief. <laughs> Um, I, I miss some, <laughs> but but basically through through the process of a really really fun farming run at a given depending on what element you chose. Uh, 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 excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, not all of us have the RNG that you have, so it may or, have been fun. Oh my god. Or, well, okay. You didn't need King Scout for farm running. I mean, no, yeah, but you did. It not in D1. Not in D1. You Everyone yes, had farm did. runs. What? No, no, I'm saying if you had King Scout, it highlighted. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you didn't need it if you knew what you were. If you knew the element run that you were running on, it, they were always the same. The well, maybe is, I though, didn't know that, Blue. So well, King oh, Scout made god. it easier. <laughs> 
Not what well, the thing. Okay, so you have to find all the things, but also, didn't you have to do the war sats? Wasn't that one of them? Uh, yeah, but how many? There weren't that many I, war sats, were there? That there honestly, Mars, honestly, it was there was a there was a few. I yeah, war set, the war set wasn't the thing that I remember. The thing that I remember was like thirty minutes of running around Mars. Yeah, for you, I had to run around for three hours. Anyway. I'm not salty and about pins, blue pins, ideas. Pins, pins did show me. Drinker. Pins showed me a really good trick on that one, actually. The the double dip trick. Uh, and he said, "Don't show green." Oh yeah, yeah. War sets were for the sleeper sim. Ah, hmm. uh, okay. But anyways, so basically, what we had to do, we actually we actually found out quite a bit about the different elements of the different planets with the rust iron. Um, being actually uh, associated with engrams, uh, the helium filaments, and the uh, what was the other one? S- the the spoil. Wanted, yeah, I, I know we want to call it spin foil. I know I want to call uh, it spin foil, but it's not spin foil. It's um. Oh, uh, I just blanked. But it's it it's uh, it grew. It it's like basically glimmery stuff that grows from golden age tech. Primarily, like, warheads. Spin metal. Thank you, Charmed Pluto. Uh, Yes, spin metal. Um, But yeah, so you basically had to collect different pieces or, like, essences of those materials. And you brought them back to Shax. And Shax actually was pretty much the person who took Willbreaker's crystal and then reforged it with whatever element that you brought him and then gave you one of three of the new swords, which was the introduction of swords to destiny. And those swords were dark drinker, which is the only one I really cared about. And then raise lighter. And then I can't remember the bolt caster. bolt caster. Wasn't that yours? You had bolt caster. Bolt caster was mine. It's the only one I had. <laughs> <laughs> it was dark, the drinker. Only... dark drinker was the one that I had lightning frisbee. Yes. It was the <laughs> only lightning range one. For the win. Only range one. <laughs> Oh, so you could throw them across the map. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. That sound was terrifying too in PvP. That was the new. That was the tink tink of swords. Uh huh. It was. Tink tink. But as far as like the background of this, Eris taking that that piece because it's a very crystalline looking piece from his uh, Oryx's sword, which. Granted, he wasn't technically the Taking King at that point. He was just the the Hive King. He didn't take himself until the right afterwards, right? Well, well, yeah. He he was still like at the end of that fight. At the very end of the fight, yeah. Um, he took himself at the end of that fight, but he, I mean, he was still the right. Taking King prior to that because he was he became the Taking King when he defeated Akka and communed right. with the Deep. It's just that. The sword itself having kind of a chrysalis form inside of it that we and kind of mine from the sword after it kind of shatters everywhere. It's just a very interesting. Yeah, interesting it was very similar to uh, the quack quack gun. The touch of malice. He didn't he didn't rise to the challenge. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> The only gun in any first-person shooter <laughs> that has fallen on hard times and has become homeless. 
quack, 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 and it's wearing a poncho. I thought we we were somehow making a duck hunt joke with that. I just went over. You feel like you're playing duck hunt? Yeah, you do. With touch of malice, it sounds like yeah. I never got it. You never. I got to the last part of that mission where you have to beat them in. Oh God, what was it? It was, it was on the Mars base where the area fills up with the poison. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well. Shots fired. All right then. Um, I uh, guess this is why we're not liked. Well then. (laughs) Just the slow the slow roll of the realization of what he just said across the the team. Oryx Taken Realm is now known apparently as Reddit. Reddit. I think that's what we've just explained Uh within the last minute or two of this conversation. This is a good start, guys. We're going everywhere. This is where Blue needs like a pre-rolled thing. That's like the thoughts of Justin. I might clip team. that. Oh my god! This this, in, <sighs> this this statement brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> Tr- truly, truly, Amazon has blessed us. Uh, that is awesome. So, yeah, and uh, the other, what I mean was the other weapon that we actually got from Orcs that kind of had that same feel was Touch of Malice. <laughs> but, and then we also see that Orcs is not the only one to kind of, well, the thought of a crystalline structure storing something is not unique to Orcs because mm-hmm. that's pretty much what we interrupted with Crota. When we, when Ghost showed that he can precisely carve a, a rectangular, 3D shape out of a crystal. Did that bug anyone else? That really bugged me when he did that. When he transmitted a like, perfect square. I was like, what? How? <laughs> I just I just felt like they ripped the polygon portion straight <laughs> from that model <laughs> and were like, here you go. We really didn't take the time for this, so <laughs> there. Speaking of like the crystal-like structure mm-hmm. that actually can s- send us right to the next section where we're talking about the other siblings because we have another instance where they're using crystals again. Oh, wasn't there a song that was involved? Well, there's a song involved with one of them, with the big one, with the adventure, but there's also the void crystals, too, with the strike. Right, that's, yeah, Sabathin's song, the... The, Chris, the Void Crystals was the one I was referring to. There's a siren song where oh, a giant it. crystal and I expect I haven't, to see I haven't gotten that inside one. of it. I it's an adventure on Titan. Did you not do your adventures? I probably wasn't paying attention. Oh, I was I was more... Like that is, that's actually really possible. I was actually trying to find the adventure that had the fallen captain with the Easter egg ending. Mm. So if it was a night, if it was a hive, I was just shooting them before they could do anything. Bad ending or bad neighbors or whatever. Uh, enemy of my. Did enemy. you let him live? Did you let him live? The captain. Yeah, yeah, he was super friendly. 
I smeared him. Well, that was rude. Well, he was the hive captain. No, not the hive captain. Fallen. Oh, the fallen captain. Whatever. I don't care. Listen, I was counting arms and eyes. And anyone without the standard number was getting it. Oh, Sathona. You may not be as sharp as your predecessor. <laughs> but you are a xenophobic. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so let's let's talk about the siblings a little bit. Uh when we talk when we talk about hive siblings, we are speaking of the, the pretty much the triumvirate of the hive, which is Oryx, Savathun, and Zivu Arath. Do so where where do you guys want to start with do you want to start at the beginning with them or do you want to start with your questions, Green, that you kind of posed in the summary, how would you how would you guys like to go about chatting with this? Well, as far as the three sisters go, we kind of introduced them last week with all of the Books of Sorrow talk. Mm-hmm. As far as their history and everything, we didn't specifically go into their vows and what that means, but... We talked a lot about how the warm gods kind of interacted with them as far as the creation of the hive. We could do like a brief, like over, overcasting idea for them, talking about like how they're. Wow, that is a long. Okay. Sorry. Blue is very good at distracting me via chat. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yes. And then. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we can let's go over just like a basic summary of them and what their big thing is. I know right. phrasing is terrible tonight. Phrase is phrasing still a thing. Phrasing. Um, so the first thing to do, the first thing that I think is important to talk about when you talk about the siblings, especially, is the fact that they um, go through transformations. And Oryx especially goes through a pretty big one. Um, and that is that the form that we kind of know them as, know them in their current state is not actually their original one. Um, Oryx was originally Arash. Uh, Savathun was originally Sathona. And Zivu Arath was originally Zero. Or Cairo, depending on how you want to Zyro. Yeah, you can also pronounce it Cairo. So mm-hmm. it just depends on if you want to go with a Greek pronunciation of it, which really bugs me. But um, I say gyro, gyro, yeah, yeah. You never, yeah, God. Anyways, shy um, <laughs> like a Z, Z H, like gyro, uh, Kylo. Anyway, Kylo Ren. Okay. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So originally what what basically kind of set this whole ball in motion was the betrayal of Tao or Tax or whatever, Taox or however you want to pronounce her name, um, where she basically betrayed the entire Osmium court and that led to basically the entire court's downfall. And the three siblings were, were I guess, lucky enough um, to escape and in the process of escaping, they made an oath, and each one of them took actually a different aspect. 
And part of this, and this, this is important because this is actually part of what would later lead up to what was called the worm pact with, with the worm gods. Um, Orash swore to explore and to understand. Sothona was uh, explore or swore to bring life back to the Osmium court. And Zivu or Cairo or right Kylo Ren, whoever, however you want to call him, was basically about vengeance. And they swore this, and then they found the worm gods, and then they were introduced to the, the, the concept of the worm, which would allow them to actually live longer than krill, which they were krill at the time, uh, usually did. Because at that point, as krill, they only would live roughly 10 years. So they, they, the biggest fear for them was that they would not live long enough to actually fulfill their vengeance or fulfill their promises and oaths. So when they are given the basically the Faustian bargain that Yule, the honest worm offered them, that was a big component in what they kind of saw with it was a degree of immortality. A big part of that pact was that they would take on a worm. They would actually become infested with a worm and that worm would feed off of their their energies which is basically light they fed it light and the biggest thing was that they had to stay true to their nature and again so going back to that oath that they made that was understanding for orash uh life for sathona and then vengeance for zero cairo um now, shortly after that, we actually see the introduction of the metamorphosis that the krill were kind of already kind of known to go undergo. And there were three degrees of morphs that were available to the krill. The first one and the, the most important one was the king morph, which is what Orash kind of be, kind of took on. At first, Arash actually transformed into or took on a different name of Rx, which meant long thought. Um, but then would later become Oryx, the Taken King, through a very convoluted process of actually killing one of the gods. Um, Sathona imbibed what was known as the Mother Jelly and became a hive or a krill mother, uh, which is very similar to the wizards that we see in the game today. And she became Savathun. And then Cairo actually took a Night Morph and became Zivu Arath. The big point here is that when Rx became Oryx, she changed to a he. So he, she became the Taken King, and the King Morph is a male metamorphosis, um, which just, I don't really have anything other than that's important. A lot of people find that interesting. Um, apparently he can shed wings, which was a, kind of a weird thing for me to read. It still is. The um, fact that he grew wings? Grew no, well, wings? he, he had or... wings. He had wings. And then when, uh, later in the books of sorrow, so like he, it seemed like he had wings because then when it said like when he, uh, when we actually see him kind of playing with his wings, it, it mm-hmm. mentions that he's, he's trying out a variant of wings like a better form of wings so he's wrestling it's like he's wrestling with his worm basically he's he's molding himself again which one of the worm gods ear is actually kind of connected to uh 
I don't want to say abominations, but experimentation on living things. That's where we get Golgoroth from. Um, Adaptations. Yeah. Perverted evolutions, genetic manipulation, um, which we see a little bit with Savathun. Uh, Well, actually, we see a lot of that with Savathun, and we see it a lot with the brood of Hive that is on Titan in Destiny 2. Um, The ghost feels very comfortable talking about it. It's one of the funniest lines is seeing a ghost shudder. Um, so Justin, yeah, what you- oh yeah, sorry, I Justin think- or Seth, Seth Ona. Uh, no worries. Yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of like uh, interject the concept that male and female, like the archetypes, the designation's cool to to put on the on the hive characters but the the archetype of male and female within our reality doesn't really apply because um uh, correct me if i'm wrong but the the reproduction of the hive it it's not quite as black and white as it is with us um with the the division of the sexes and you know, there's there's a whole archetype of what a male is and what a female is, and you try to apply that to to the hive model. It's it seems crazy for us that Arash could could you know choose a morph that then led to a sex change, and I know there are animals that you know actually can do that in a, in our world, but um, it's not that crazy when you think of. Uh, how arbitrary all that becomes when when procreation is not something necessarily requires one beach. The hive don't really seem to have an actual sex. We just assign those pronouns just because it's easier to understand some of the concepts behind it. At least that's kind of more of my interpretation of it. The male and female aspect, a mother is a female and our our way of thinking. So just say that the hive are super distinct binary, it's not exactly correct. So I totally agree with you, Justin, that they are just it's not easily defined. It's a good way to help describe and help relate to what we can describe, but it's not exactly right. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna actually type in chat, but um, real quick, uh, procreation with the hive is definitely not what you would what you would see in a mammal. It's more of an amphibious, um, which kind of makes sense with the krill kind of being the the word that we use for them. Uh, oh, they, egg sacs. Yes, they they spawn. They they don't really give they it doesn't seem and, and this is again kind of going out in a limb here but it does not seem that they have live births they they spawn uh, this is where you see like the mother morph kind of being the the procreator uh, when Oryx decides to I guess breed I don't really know what proper term would that be for but when he decides to start creating offspring. He actually goes and basically looks for mates to to spawn, um, and you see this with the sisters or the sorry not the sisters the uh, daughters of Oryx. Uh, he actually splits the larva of them in half, 
And then when it survives, he's like, oh, okay, I guess you deserve to continue living because by the sword logic, you should die, but you, you know, you fought and survived. Um, but and yeah, live so me the, live a creepy day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in, okay. in chat real quick, sorry, in chat. Yes. Uh, there, there is a, in, in regards to the irony of this being around the holiday time, Yes, there is a connection that I found with the Yule Log and Yule the Honest Worm. Um, If you go back to, I can't remember which Book of Sorrows episode it was. I think it was the third one. might have been the first one. Um, I actually talked about this a little bit back then. Um, But there is a connection within the tradition of the Yule Log at the beginning of, like the, the beginning of this tradition. Uh, it was customary for the king to make a toast, and the toast consisted of three parts uh, that actually kind of align somewhat closely to the oaths that the hive siblings take. Uh, there, there are a few. Ver- there's a slight variation, I believe, in the vengeance component, um, but the king does have three oaths that are traditionally part of the Yuletide tradition. Um, and that was it is often a tradition that was around a pole um, that would then become the part of the Yule, Yule log. So, yes, there is a there is kind of an like an odd little connection there. Um, but, yeah, I did see I did see chat kind of making the, the joke about the honest log. Um, yes, <laughs> Yule is an honest log. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so we talked about the worm pack a little bit. What about one of the most powerful worm packs? The fact that Oryx ended up killing one of them and taking their power. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So this this is this was at the point where Oryx or Arash or Orash, how, how you, I don't want, however you want to pronounce it, um, kind of was at their wits. The, the siblings were at their wits end because they basically were reaching a ceiling. They were hitting a ceiling on the capacity for them to gather enough light to feed their worm. Um, and Orax basically figured out that part of the sword logic is that you have to prove your right to exist. Um, and this kind of the worm pact flew in the face of that because when the worm pact was made with the siblings, they were given a worm, uh, and instead they should have taken it. And so, in order to kind of rectify this and to kind of come to a a resolution, they basically came together and through in Oryx's or in Oryx's throne world. Uh, he killed, or I guess, I can't remember, is it a, sh- anyways, Oryx killed Zivu and Savathun. Um, and through the logic that was gained through their deaths, was actually able to confront one of the worm gods, Akka, the worm, the god of secrets, or the worm of secrets, um, and overthrow Akka. And through overthrowing Akka, 
RX gained the ability to commune with the deep, which basically leads to another thing that I know I knew you were going to, or you're going to ask is the tablets of ruin. Uh, mm-hmm. The tablets of ruin are the supposed inscription of the process of communing with the deep that Oryx has. Um, after the overthrowing of Akka, Oryx took on the name Oryx and then went into the deep and communed with it and learned how to take. And that's where you actually see the, the I hesitate to say birth of, but the beginning of the Taken King under the name of Oryx. Uh, it should be, the important distinction here is that the Tablets of Ruin are not actually instructions on taking. They are actually just in supposed instructions on how to commune with the Deep, uh, potentially the Formless One. Uh, we see a couple mentions of that that figure at this point uh, with the, uh, I believe it's the Worm God's Boon. Um so that that is actually where you see Akka, which then leads to the creation of the Dreadnought and Ju- one of Justin's favorite holidays in Destiny's universe, Eversion Day, when you turn everything inside out. That is my favorite. We all must wear our underwear on the outside of our pants. <laughs> Eversion Day. It's, we we decided even- this. This is, this is like the, one of the longer jokes that we've had. <laughs> I just, I don't. It's know. because Eversion Day. Know. So Eversion Day is the day that Oryx created the Dreadnought, and the reason right. why he created the Dreadnought was basically he got tired of his sisters trying to kill him all the time, and so in order to kind of protect himself yeah, from that, he basically took his throne world his ascendant realm and shoved it inside a scrimshawed piece of Akka's corpse and that created the dreadnought so it was like this really weird and then as basically as a holiday because this is the day that we created the dreadnought he he named it eversion day when things when the hive celebrated by turning things inside out because, because that's that that's fun. that's how you celebrate things in the hive yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so um, it, are we going to have a flash mob of people with their underwear on the outside of their pants? Didn't we decide on a day? Mm. Didn't we decide on a day, Justin? We did. We did. And I can't remember what it is. So we're going to decide it on another day. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. <laughs> you do a Twitter poll. I'll the do a whole, Twitter poll. I've never whole, done that before. You oh. should do that. It's a thing. Um, <laughs> The thing that I have a problem with with this whole wearing your underwear on the outside type thing is I grew up with brothers. Guys' underwear does not look good when it comes off. And unless you're putting on a clean pair of underwear on the outside, I don't want to see it. It works Fred, for Superman. Uh, Fred from uh, Big Hero 6 has a few theories on how to best wear underwear. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, this kind of leads us into some of the questions that I had in the summary. Cool. Starting with the Tablets of Ruin. Mm-hmm. Where are they, and do you need them to actually take? Oh, yeah, I figured blue. Go for 
He, if you that chatter, that chatter in the background, guys, was blue typing in, which is our like I want to talk next thing four uh, times in a row. So, so w- the question of where the how many are. letters are in N? Well, you see, it goes like do, this. Beard, do you want to take this one? <laughs> go, go right ahead because I have a feeling. <laughs> That there is remember one that dueling dragons in. thing. <laughs> there is um, one in, <laughs> but no. Yes. So the tablet of ruins. I actually, I kind of, I kind of picture the tablet of ruins as a um, uh, an artifact that doesn't actually hold what it seems to hold. Um, much like so. the The reason I say this is you have to remember that the books of sorrow are religious texts. They're scripture for the hive. Um, and we also have supposedly Savathun kind of graffitiing them, graffitiing them with about how they are full of lies. Um, the books of sorrow, the books of sorrow. Part of the reason I think that I, I just, this is just me personally kind of connecting a couple weird threads here, but one of the things and coming from like a D and D background and just like the general assumption of like a wizard spell book, uh, which is kind of what the Tablets of Ruin are, if in a way, is a way for Oryx to summon the Deep, uh, which is when you see, which is how we created Golgoroth, is he summoned the Deep and it, embo- it embodied inside the, the Ogre Abomination. Um, I view the Tablets of Ruin as exactly that. They're, they're a summoning guide or a spell book for Oryx, and that means that even if someone had the Tablets, they wouldn't be able to use them. Because they're not Oryx. Oryx is the... It unlocks the capability within Oryx, and it's a summoning ritual for him. Because remember, again, Worm Gods taught the Hive how to summon the powers of the Deep through rituals. Uh, and then when Oryx defeated Akka, he he gained the ability to commune with the Deep and then wrote that abil- that wrote that process onto a tablet of ruin. So there's a couple components there that if you aren't oryx you don't you're lacking. If you have a tablet of ruin, you don't have is and the number one part of that is the knowledge, the logic of defeating Akka. Um then there's also the fact that oryx is supposedly the one who wrote the books of sorrow. So what better way to kind of misguide people than to say, oh yeah, these tablets, they teach you all the stuff about how to do the things that I do when it seems that Oryx is the only one who is able to innately do what he does. Um, and you see, you see that with uh, when he gives Savathun Coria Blade Transform. She doesn't really understand what that is. And she even asked, you know, is this something that's going to blow up in my face? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's just a Vex that... I left some of its will and, you know, you figured you'd have fun playing with it. And she asked, like, flat out, will it give me the logic to commune with the deep such as you do? So we already see Savathun. Savathun and Zivu, through their love for Oryx, are always trying to kill Oryx. Um, that, that's kind of the, the love is war concept that the hive have but savathun is actually striving to commune with the deep and so when we also see her graffiti the books of sorrow as being full of lies i kind of take it as that she has already tried to get the tablets of ruin and kind of has found that they're worthless to to her because they don't they don't make sense to her i disagree that oryx is the only one who can take 
I, I'm not okay. Yes. And let me clarify. I don't think that ultimately in the end that he is, but I think he is the only one that the tablets of ruin will allow to commune with the deep. Not that. And then, and then also to clarify there, I am not saying that he is the only one who can commune with the deep. He is the one that, the, uh, um, basically imagine the tablets of ruin as a spell book for, for Oryx in the traditional sense, a spell book in like a lot of the fantasy presentations is only important is only understandable to the wizard who penned it. Any other really magical user usually can't really understand without like really studying and really, really kind of getting in the head of the, the, the creator of that spell book. Um, and even then it's very difficult. And in most cases that, that spell book is a very personal artifact that the wizard in question uses as a focus to actually cast the spell. Um, I, I kind of view the tablets as a similar similar creation for the purpose of communing with the deep. If that's the case, then why would Oryx fear having them stolen? I don't think he feared having them stolen. He wore them around his, I mean, and he wore around his waist. He didn't, I mean, he didn't, I, I would argue that he never feared to have them stolen. I think he used them as a diversion. The people were focusing on the tablets and he would take care of them, you know, while they were distracted. You know, I hate the books of sorrow because I know exactly what I want to quote and I can't remember the card that's in, mm-hmm. but there so is something that I, I seem to recall where the sisters did try to reach for the tablets to try to take them. Uh, it may have just been Zivu who didn't know any better at that point. And right. that at that point, that could have been the idea that, yes, it was something like a, uh, it was just something like a diversion. But then I would end up calling forth the Golgoroth uh, tablet of ruin and asking why the significance of that uh, is just so there. Well, and I, so I actually looked into the Golgoroth situation and hang on, let me see if I can pull it up because Golgoroth actually doesn't have a tablet of ruin. Well, he has a, say his Golgoroth his has entire, a tablet. Yeah, he, it is a yeah. tablet, but it's not a, uh, it's not a tablet of ruin. Uh, hang on. Sorry. Cause I, I, I thought the same thing beard earlier today. And I was like, okay, then why is Golgoroth basically being told to guard this, this tablet thing? Um, hang on. So, okay. So from, from the Grimoire card, Golgoroth, uh, he, he basically, so speak, speak to the heart with burrowing things. The burrowing things will strengthen the heart. You Abzol, you teach the new flesh out of the old. Zol issued, uh, issued you to eat. So Zol is one of the worm gods. He issued Golgoroth to eat us. The new flesh will be testament. O ear, decree the shape of this new thing. Judge its testament to the last truth. This new shape is Golgoroth. So at this point, uh, they per- they basically request from ear the knowledge to reshape the weapon that Zol created to eat them into Golgoroth. Crota rose to petition. Father, cut the shapes into a tablet and give me and give me the tablet. I will bear it in battle and tithe one side of my sword to you. Oryx cut the shapes into a tablet, but he guarded the shapes. He set the tablet in Golgoroth, where the new flesh grew as Ear decreed it. Like ice on a stone, he rebuked Crota. From the temples of his son, from the left of his blade in battle, he demanded tithings of violence. To Oryx, the first navigator, who directed the movements of great masses. 
So it, I, the way I read that, and you know, guys, correct me here if I'm if you guys are reading this differently. But the tablet that is within Golgoroth, or the tablet that is behind Golgoroth, when we when you know you fight him, that is not a tablet of ruin. That is just simply a tablet in which um, Oryx bound Ears' decree for Golgoroth's growth, so that Zol would not eat them through Golgoroth. So what if the tablets are just quite frankly just the the names of the various worm gods inscribed and able to be called upon cuz like true names like true names I could I mean I could see that but again I I am just again just I'm going, going back to the thing that well, that's that still works but Oryx would I'm still go- be the only one to use them but if on well, is he? Because we know there's a Minotaur that's been taken during D two. No, no, no. Okay, Minotaur. okay. But but my argument here is that I'm not saying so. The tablets of ruin do not mean the, the tablets of ruin have nothing to do with the power to take. The tablets of ruin are literally the ability to commune with the deep. That's it. Like they give him the ability to directly. Uh, commune with the deep and with potentially the formless one itself. That is all that the tablets do. The ability to take was a gift that was given to Oryx after he communed with the deep through the tablets of ruin. So they will allow the petitioner to petition for the, the power to take. So you can request that you have, you get given that power or that you take that power, however you want to, however you want to phrase it. But the tablets of ruin themselves do not imbibe the user with the ability to take. They simply are an instruction manual to talk to the deep. The only thing I would counterpoint on that is that in uh, the one grimoire card that I just got done reading last night, I'll, I'm going to pull it up because I can't remember the exact title again because sleepy. Uh, the it was when Oryx was deciding basically to regrow his wings and he was talking mm-hmm, with Irhalak mm-hmm. and Irinuk. Uh He found them killing each other and he was worried that they were trying to enter the place where the deep was. Right, yeah. So in uh... that respect, that makes me question that statement <coughs> in that can others end up getting there so long as they are more powerful? Also, why would... The why okay, if you could just request to have the taken power, any of the taken could theoretically take that power and become a taken if they are sufficiently enough power behind them. Right. But that doesn't that that just that's very weird to think that any taken could be a taken king. It doesn't even have to be the two sisters. It could be Quiria herself. If the mm. Vex now that would be and yeah, it could, if the, the way that you're saying it, it could be any of the Taken who has some sort of will can claim the, the Taken, taken power. But, well, but and and that, that argues, right, Coria does. And I, I can see Coria as being a leader of the Taken themselves. But the thing is, is that Coria is still not as powerful as Savathun or Zivu or Wrath. And remember, it took the the sword logic gained from killing both siblings and Oryx's own power and the power gained by killing an actual worm god to even allow him to walk into the deep. 
So, I mean, if you can manage all those milestones, yeah, you probably could go talk to the deep. But those are pretty powerful milestones, right? You would have to kill three hive, like basically hive old elder gods, and then the elder god, one of the elder gods above those elder gods. And then you could say, hey, can I have an audience with you? And even then, you probably, you, you also run the risk of not being given what you're requesting. I mean, the ability to commune does not mean that you you command. It means you are requesting, you are petitioning. And yeah, so Beard, that was verse 4-8, the partition of death. Um, he he said he was afraid that Irhalak and Iranuk were trying to go into the deep where only the tablets of ruin allowed orcs to go. Um, and that's when he, that's the, the fun thing. Hang on. Sorry. Running, reading chat real quick. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. Um, real quick that that's the entire point of sword logic is to prove that you are the most, that you are the strongest to prove that you have the right to exist and prove through defeating everything in your path. Um, Oryx, you see that with regards to the taken knight card when he rebukes the knights of the hive for summoning the wall, the shield. And he's like, no, you're, you're, you are not embracing the totality of your violence. You, you defend when you should be attacking. Um, if you can, if you can defeat all the, I mean, what I'm saying is like the tablets are simply a path. It's not the only path by any means. But it's maybe it possibly is the only path that Oryx is aware of because it's a very difficult path. It's a difficult process to get to the deep, to get to the proper and the, the darkest levels of the deep. Um, and I and in Beard, yeah, I think the the argument that the tablets of ruin are are useless. I, I wouldn't say that because again, I just view them as a personal uh, talisman for Oryx. So for Oryx, the Tablets of Ruin are not useless. They're they're the focal point of his his power. They're the 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 very important aspect of his summoning process. But for another ascendant hive, they don't have the connection to these power source that that they do for Oryx because he scribed them. He created them. He knows the logic of their shape. He is the geometer of their, their entire existence. Um, so, you know, as far as that, I don't think that the tablets would do the same thing for Savathun or even Zivu Arath. Does that make sense? I just, I just worry that by that line of logic, that makes orcs literally the end all be all as far as the most powerful of the hive. And well, I actually am more I am okay. more afraid of Zabathun, quite frankly, because she's proven herself to be more cunning and devious even throughout the books of Sara, which is mm-hmm. literally Oryx's text, even though there's some graffiti-ish type things in there. The fact that she tricks uh, Crota into cutting the wound and mm-hmm. everything. I'm more afraid of her. And if the tablets of ruin are literally just a a old spell book that only good old orcs can use to commune with whatever, I'm still 
I still don't know if I agree with that interpretation mm-hmm. just because oh, yeah. I, no, that's fine. I, I mean, feel that there's a little bit more to it than just that. But Zavathun is somebody I'm more afraid of because of she does not have to kind of brute force her way through things. She uses others to do it. Right. Well, but that's that's the seat of her power. Just the same as Oryx's seat of power is inscribing and understanding and studying and exploring. Just the same as Zivu Arath's seat of power is just flat out war, slaughter, strong arming. Again, I would refer back to the weapons that kind of are personifications of them. You know, Savathun is a scalpel. Zivu Arath is a hammer. There, there is a massive difference between the two, but then in between the two, Oryx is there with a sword, and it's kind of you know the sword is kind of the the a weird hybridization of a hammer and a scalpel. It's able to do delicate delicate work, not as delicate as a scalpel, but it is able to do delicate work. But it's also able to hammer away at things. So you know, Zivu Zivu approaches things with the blunt force of the hammer. Savathun approaches things with the deceptive nature of the scalpel, cutting away, cutting around things, not necessarily going directly to the source, but cutting around it and weakening the sides and then tearing it out. And, and depending on the type of, you know, depending on the type of warfare that you're looking at, that that might be a more effective style of warfare. And again, I would say that just because the tablets of ruin in and of themselves only are keyed to Oryx, that doesn't that doesn't negate the ability of Savathun or Zivu Arath. It just means that they're going to have something different. They're going to have a different process, which co- actually completely makes sense because their spheres of influence are completely different. Right? I mean, Savathun, I would see more as manipulations of living creatures uh, through the experimentation and evolution and, you know, all that. Zivu Arath is going to be more, you know, I've seen a lot of people compare Zivu to the Cabal, uh, which I, I still am kind of on the fence on for that one. But Zivu is going to be the more just straight up overwhelm and slaughter. That's why they work so well together is because each one of them covers the other's weakness. And they they kind of play off each other's strengths. Uh, you see that within the the aspect of both when Oryx or Oryx killed Savathun and Zivu Arath to gain the logic to go to Akka, and then also when he redefined them and brought them back. Um, and you even see that when Zivu Arath redefined Oryx to bring him back, because Zivu recognized that while Savathun didn't want to bring Oryx back. Zivu recognized that she was stronger when Oryx was there to compliment her than she was when he was trapped in the deep. So the the fact that tablets are keyed to Oryx, I, I would argue, does not by any means negate the power of of either of the other siblings. Um, now, given the fact that the books of sorrow that we have are are basically for Oryx's brood, their scripture for Oryx. Yeah, I, I kind of argue that that, that would be, it would make sense that they make orcs out to be the end all be all. But in reality, I don't, I, I really don't think that's the case at all. I mean, you see, you see plenty of examples of Savathun through the trickery that she has just topple entire civilizations. What I will give is no, I don't think that Zivu Arath would be 
I guess, quite as interested to collect something like the books. Uh, I, don't, the, I don't think she the cares. Books, the Tablets of Ruin, no. Because per that point, she would, like we've said a number of times here, just be a blunt force instrument. And Meanwhile, I mean, yeah, as established in terms of uh, Savathun, though, she's basically there for the interest or idea, effectively, of, uh, as Green had mentioned, learning from others. And mm-hmm. she's okay with taking the time to do so. Uh, we're also uh, somewhat familiar, especially with, like, Karaya, uh, uh, Blade Transform, being something that is taken and that has been gifted to Savathun that opens up a very interesting possibility of understanding the ideas of taking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Further, the biggest thing that we need to also keep in mind is even if it took thousands of years, which granted we don't know exactly the time period where uh, Kariah was handed to Savathun, but we know that it's been thousands of years at least since everything has kind of gone down, if you will, between... Uh, Oryx showing up with us and possibly uh, Savathun showing up with us as well. Look at what happened with uh, the Saint-14 card and what was actually presented to us recently where a mind was attuned specifically to Saint-14's light. Yep. So in that regard, so long as Savathun has a piece has a measure to try to understand what the taking is about. At that point, I would feel that she is witty enough that she would be able to run with it. I agree. At least I agree completely. My two cents on that one. For Green, sure. Green, I know you, Green, had. you had something on. Yeah. Well, I, my biggest thing is if the whole part of being able to take has to do with being able to call upon the power of the deep and use the power of the deep to take. Did Sabathun somehow learn how to commune with them? I think that's what I, and beard, I might, I'm I'm going to step in just a little bit. So correct me here if I put words incorrectly in your mouth, but I think that's what beard was saying is that by giving Coria to Sabathun, Oryx really did kind of open that up. Like she is, she is intelligent enough to, piece together the 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 know-how to ba- basically uh jury rig it backwards reverse engineer the ability to take i'd also almost argue just to put it in more simplified terms with oryx gone quote-unquote because who knows mm-hmm. um right with him gone at that point could he just be where de facto leader, quote-unquote, is now Sabathun. Right. Because of the two sisters, I would say that Sabathun would be the next in line. Uh, that's where... That's where or I at think least she would, have, she would have the likeliness of being able to more quickly understand how to step in line, whereas Zivu well, would probably just well, be like... But I'm going to say... Time, we still had... What was the name of the, the one taken knight that we had to go down to the Shrine of Oryx and kill? The one that was trying, there was the one that was uh, Alakul who was locked up because he was trying to, yeah, rain, the dark ra- blade, like rise, right? He was trying to Malak? rise and rain. Malak. So mm. the the fact that Alakul was still a hive, not necessarily taken, wasn't he the one that tried to? No, I think Malak was taken, wasn't it? Alakul was the one that no. was not still hive. 
Right. Alakul Darkblade was the one that had tried to overthrow. Alakul was like a adopted son to Oryx and tried to mm. overthrow him. And as punishment, he was thrown into the the prison to be reduced to Chitin, basically. Um, and was it Malak that tried Malak, to take over the, the Taken? Uh, Malak was up? the one that Savathun had embedded inside of Oryx's court to try to basically poison Oryx from within. Mm-hmm. And and then when Oryx found out, instead of just flat out destroying Malak, he actually subverted him and began using him against Savathun by taking him. Like that's how mm-hmm. he subverted her control over him. Because I can't remember. I actually, I'm, I'm almost thinking that Malak was actually one of Savathun's children, which I don't know why I'm thinking that, but. That might be the case. I don't case. think we ever actually get I don't any know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember one. if we yeah. ever... Um, I don't know. It was one strike, and unfortunately, they didn't really ex- uh, exonify... Yeah, Trigger Trigger in chat is making the point that I think... Yeah, I think that's correct. Alakul was actually an offspring of Zivu Arath. Uh, Malak, let me see real quick. I want to say Malak. Yeah, Malak, Pride of Oryx. Yeah. Uh... Yes, Malak was uh, was an offspring of Savathun. It says, Malak, cunning Malak, sly and slippery. Savathun begat you to betray me, to poison slowly gnaw within. Liar Malak, you were meant to tithe upon Oryx to feed your maker with secret blight. Your secret is two lies. You betrayed your maker, your mother. You hid yourself from Savathun. The tithing does not reach her jaws. Your thrall strength is now acolyte strength. Your acolyte strength is now night strength. Your three- thieving pride is known and fed. Malak, listen, I took you from your mother, my sister. Your shape is new. This shape is poison, the shape of secrets. I name you Malak, which means my poison, a prize to taunt Sister Savathun. Steal now for me. So he he basically, he found Malak trying to kind of steal tithing from orcs to give to Savathun. And then as punishment, took Malak to basically make like basically display to Savathun, hey look, I, I found out your trickery. Justin. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Justin. Maybe Justin. Sorry, I gotta push the talk. <laughs> Give me a moment. You're good. Good go. Sorry about that. Um you're good. No, I was just going to say, and and I kind of had this idea, wanted to see what y'all thought about it, but um, the the sword logic and the the laws of the Hive universe seem to follow a very a, a very um, well logical mathematic order, mm-hmm. like. Um, it's it's very this plus this equals that, and this is greater than that. And this is you can point to these things, and they're universal truths within that within that universe. Um, could it be? And I know we're before before you got into Malak, uh, you were talking about whether or not maybe Sabathun had had been best placed to. Um, fill the vacancy or the power vacuum left by orcs. Um, but my question is, could it, could it not be that um, at the, at present it's unfillable 
simply because we going into the dreadnought and killing orcs as we did and not remaining to take up his mantle as the taken king we we ruined the algorithm like we like we resulted it's kind of like when you enter something into a calculator and get an error back like mm-hmm. And I don't think Sathona or, or Savathuns or Zebrareth, for that matter, have managed to um, remedy that or proof anything that can actually resolve that. Hmm. Which is why I think we we haven't seen another Taken King. Well, I'm going to say it's all, of course, slapped in the face by the fact that we have a Red Legion that's taken in the PS4 exclusive strike, unfortunately. And there's so there a is. Vex Minotaur that was taken. Yeah. That I'm going to have to take your, take your word for well, that but one. Didn't, but, yeah. And then also the fact that the – I mean, so here's here's another problem you know, to kind of pile on with that is that you have instances of taken taking – well, that's right. the thing. Like we, which I, I, I'm sorry, but that just bugs me. Yeah. Well, we're we're pointing it to, uh, and I would, uh, I would poke at the the adventure where the uh, Vex are being taken. Right. That's the one I'm talking about. Slowly. Yeah. But I think that falls into an aired willingness. I think uh, is the best way that I think Asher Mir kind of sums that up in a way. Uh, yeah, but the the idea that we haven't seen a new king, I think that's proper, but it's just a matter of understanding more than it is anything else. Like that was the that that's been the discussion for like half of like what we've been talking about here. Like how important are the the tablets of ruin for for everything? And I think at this point, it's Sabathun was clever enough to know that she didn't need to be around Oryx anymore, and she broke away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at that point and jumped like, into there black is hole. no yeah and <laughs> I love and I still, love that temper tantrum <laughs> yeah. and, and and is still somehow around us which I want to I want to know how um, <laughs> the we, we can agree that Zavathun is likely the one in charge of the Taken at this point because of the Herald of Zavathun or Karaya is with right, Savathun yeah. at the yes, helm, helm. Uh, yeah. I would. That's at least the way I'm. I'm viewing it. Uh, well, and uh, also, it, oh, sorry, it, it's technicality. It's stupid stipulation. No, no, no. I agree with but, that because we've actually seen Karaya do that. Um, Karaya, mm-hmm. the blade transform was the one that instanced itself on two sides of a portal to keep the portal open. So, if you're wanting to know how Savathun is still with us, I mean. Karaya has done exactly kind of what would technically be required for her to still be here and control the Taken. I mean, we, we've seen Karaya do that. That was one of the reasons that Oryx kind of got annoyed with him, or it. Yeah. That it really annoyingly accessed the Ecumen <laughs> knowledge. Mm. And we're not going to go down that hole because that is a really, really annoying one. I already so, did. So <laughs> let's shift the questions a little bit. Where is mm-hmm. Zivu? Where does Zivu arrive? Oh God, Zivu is. I think that's the, like landing punching yeah. planets. Yeah, <laughs> punching planets. Just, just 
slapping them, just yep. slapping them around. You know, who's like flying at light speed, just like looking at a planet, going, "Hey, how you doing there?" Pow! And all of a sudden, it's out of orbit. <laughs> it's just, it's gone. That's what happened to Nessus. Exactly. Zebuarath is also here, confirmed. Oh God. Oh God. Okay, so. The resurrection. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Problem. This is like. It's not a problem. Uh, actually, it's, it's not a problem. It's not. It's not a. It's. Because here's here's is. the caveat. Here's the caveat. Um, if you follow the verses of how they discovered throne worlds, they are actually not the first ones to get oddly resurrected. Orash was actually resurrected way in the beginning. Um, by the worm gods because that's how they found out about throne worlds. So uh, it was when um, oh, it was when hang on, let me look up real quick. Verse 2-7 uh, basically Orash or Oryx at that time uh, had gotten bored and was like, I don't really care. It was during the war with the Ammonites and it was just like, I'm, I'm not really feeling it and basically Oryx had doubts about the worm pact and savathun had been tasked with uh bringing her back into the fold and she managed to do that and then Oryx actually went to a peace talk with the ammonites so she was trying to achieve peace with them instead of just killing them and savathun actually basically violated everything about you know just war and used it as an opportunity to eradicate the Ammonite leadership, which included Oryx. So she actually killed her sister at a peace talk, which Savathun apparently did not read the Geneva Convention. Um, you don't do that. But they don't have did to, anybody? Yes. Did oh anybody God. really read that? Like, come shh, on. Shh. I have faith. Don't don't destroy my faith in humanity, Beard. Uh, no, no, no. Well, never mind. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so Arax died in the real world, and that's when they were introduced to the concept of the throne world. And then they were she was brought back, um, and that's where she introduced. Then that's how they uh, that's how they basically took the next step in their their ability to feed light to the worms because then they started warring on each other. And that's where the, you got the love is war, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then, this chat, this was millions of years before that existed. Touche, sir. Touche. Um, but then, when when Oryx killed Zivu and Savathun, she killed them in her throne world. And in 3-9, um, in verse 3-9... Uh, Zivu actually mentions that they were trapped in their own throne worlds until Oryx defined them mm-hmm. to bring them back. So they weren't actually dead. They were just like it was like this weird halfway point between true death and death. The Hive reinvent the concept of death, basically. Um could but, it could it have been a stepping stone, if you will, for the Oversoul before the Oversoul was? Yeah, I created? think I think that's kind of what it what it was was. But the lynch the linchpin of the argument is that they weren't in their throne worlds when they were killed, mm-hmm. so they got trapped into their throne worlds. And I think that Oryx, by then defining them, uh, because 
Zivu had to be defined by the slaughter of the Ecumen Council at the Fractal Wreath, which I found interesting. Um, mm. Justin, that was for you. Um, and then uh, Savathun was from the ashes of the Dakua nest uh, that Oryx tricked into slaughtering. Uh, basically, Oryx told the Dakua nest that uh, she he was nervous that Zivu was trying to betray him and he needed their help to kill Zivu. Dakua were so desperate that they jumped on the opportunity and orcs turned around and basically backstabbed them and through that deception defined Savathun for treachery and deception. And so through those definitions of the sisters, that was enough, I guess, impetus to to kind of cat or it was enough of a catalyst to help them breach back into the real world. Hmm. But is Zavathun actually in the real world? Because the what was the mission? They're trying to summon her on Titan. Savathun, I think Savathun is in the real world. Okay, so here's this is going to be a timey-wimey explanation, but what's the real world? Summoning, summoning, summoning Savathun just means that they're calling her into the material plane. But if she's in the Ascendant Realm, I mean, that's like saying Crota, you know, when Crota was summoned at Mare Imbrium, technically he walked upon the physical plane. But he also, when we took him out, we were, we didn't take Crota on until we were in another world. We went through the keyhole and went into his throne world. Right. And then. So you're saying. Essentially, that the the resurrection isn't what we would necessarily think of as a physical body resurrection, but more so of a spiritual resurrection into their own throne world, into the ascendant realm. I'm going to say, considering the the hive talk about their deaths so often, which we can actually go ahead and relate that back to their souls. That's, I would say, a little bit closer to it. Yes, it's, uh, but think about, like, the the Awakening, I guess, uh, in uh, The Dark Below, where Crota was locked within the crystal. Uh, at that point, then, they just needed to, to bring him back from that area, and why we needed to go into his realm, supposedly, to take him out. Right. I don't know that that's at least my train of thinking on that. Yeah, that's kind of where I was like, I kind of think I was, I'm kind of in agreement. I think they like for, because the other thing is at the time of the resurrection for, for the, the problematic resurrection, I guess I should say, um, they didn't have oversouls at that point that we know of. Um, so the, the throne worlds within the ascendant realm that they had were, I would, I would say more primitive than the ones that they have in current game or the, the ones that they have in current lore. Um, so maybe the, the ability to travel between, I'm, I'm kind of going out on a limb on this one, but I mean, like maybe it was something about the ability to travel between them was, was required more power than it does in current environment for them. And so that's why he had to define them, which I kind of view the defining of them as like the idea of like a true name summon uh, from like a and d spell book or, uh, oh God, what's the author's name? Um, 
ever see. Uh, I can't remember the author who wrote the ever see series, but there's a lot of my mind. Yeah. But yeah. Um, God, I'm going to, that's going to bug me too. It's a really, it's got a really interesting magic system, but the, the magic system is based around true names. So like, if you know, something's true name, you have power over it. Um, so by defining it, but by defining it to its core, you, you are saying it's true name. Zivu Arath is war. So it is through the, the slaughter of an entire people via war that Oryx defines her and, you know, summons her back by defining her, uh, Salathun is deception is trickery. So it is through the ultimate trickery that Oryx defines her and brings her back and re reintegrates her into the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. That was, yeah, it does on my end too. I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I can add to it, but I'm going to go look up the earth sea because this is going to, yeah, you, 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 you probably should. I was just thinking a good old rumple stiltskin, but yeah. oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty uh, good. Ursula K. Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah. Mm. The furthest, the furthest shore, the wizard of earth sea. That's, that's a good series. It's a, it's a really easy read, but Really, really yeah, interesting kind of feel, uh, music or music. Very interesting magic system. Kind of feel bad because I watched Tales of Earthsea that was done by Studio Ghibli, and I kind of liked that one. So Tales of Earthsea. Why is that? That's uh, was that related to that? I'm gonna have to go I'm, look at this. It, uh, it it followed the same kind of idea because the same it did kind of idea, in, like the naming idea. But that's a very a very common trope of Studio Ghibli. But yeah, that's true. I am really I'm really getting off track now. Uh, but no the 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 whole intent of Hive wizardry as well is always a really fun one to define. And you know, looking back at uh, verse four eight, with that being the case of the uh, the sisters again, Erhalak Erhanuk uh, talking basically completely off of like how they bore the oversouls as well they spoke of it in a very logical and profound sense that the hive understand as part of their science uh but if you end up looking at like what oryx says almost immediately he says hey we're going to uh we're going to end up talking about the uh backtrack on that a second because my words aren't going too well um if you're going to speak to me like that you need to use the royal tongue Um, (laughs) or i'll pin you up for ear to eat yeah uh and, and at least the way that i've always interpreted that was the hive can talk like we do to make it a little bit more understandable to us at least to a point like if you told ikora what irhalak irhanuk said she would probably sit and go, well, that makes a lot more sense other than hiding your death, uh, where it doesn't really make a ton of sense to us. But anyway. Justin, what about you? Uh, I, I just keep coming back to the to the logic and the kind of the mathematical aspect of it. 
there's a Heinlein quote I really like. It's one man's magic is another man's engineering. Mm-hmm. Supernatural is a null word. And that's the that's the sense you get with the hive um with the hive system in their world. In our world it's a hundred percent magic. You know, it defies all, all laws. Um it bounces between animism and um basic supernatural, you know, like like our basic run of the mill magic. But in their own world, it's it's very it's it's all so very dull. It's it's just it's just laws being executed and there's no mystery to them. Like this plus this always always equals that. It's it's a mathematical formula. Um and that's what I view the what what Blue is talking about with the, the true name summoning um as being in if you could just take out the, the whole true name part and put an equal sign there. It's this action equaled and now we have Sabathun back. Um it's it's very and and the words like uh syllogism and mm. axiom and logic and things like this are just weaved all throughout the books of sorrow. And I don't think it's an accident. I think it's I think it's all just an attempt to to help create a um a type of world where where this this sort of harsh this this harsh type of uh um literalism is is the the defining is the is the kind of defining law mm-hmm. well and and uh beard i know you had you wanted to throw something in there uh, it's the the concept basically like where you've got two paracausal sides with uh especially like the stuff like the taking uh taking and so on and then you have us as yep. guardians it's a a mirror paracausal idea uh two sides mm-hmm. of the same coin a or dark mirror. as is yes a dark mirror um or as is commonly called uh cosmic law mm-hmm. and that's the the whole idea behind it like do you help each other uh or do you <laughs> act upon how the uh how the universe seems to truly act on everything where it just does its thing of its own intent, uh, spurned by fusion reactions and so on. And green. What about you? You know, who are missing in all of this? Ooh, ooh. We're missing little miss heiress. Uh-huh. The, ball, the ball bearing and upon which things move. The ball bearing the, the kind of heiress to a possible no that that blew my mind the other day in chat by the way whoever the apple of discord oh gosh yeah the the (laughs) goddess of strife yep oh apple of discord yeah miss that gun what about kadamas hang on sorry but heiress is heiress kind of an agent of salvathun on even possibly Mm. unknowingly 
So that's a debate that I've seen quite a bit lately. Oh, the other is debate. She... The other debate is is Savathun and Marasov connected. Mm-hmm. Which or is Eris the one who kind of sort of connected the two of them? Right. Because yeah, Eris yeah. was there to help convince Marasov for the attack. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do equals theories now? No. <laughs> Equals theories hurt. No, equals uh, theories but uh, real quick in regards to your mathematic thing, uh, you also see that with Oryx because he refers when the Vex invade, he's like, I want to be the geometer of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, another mathematical term for you to enjoy. Justin maths, maths, well, and especially when circles are so important to us now with like what Ikora has been writing with uh, uh, volumes on yeah, circles. Go, go look um, at the hive summoning rituals. Yep. All of them have circles. They all have circles. It's almost are like there's something with me? alchemy. Huh. huh. Yeah. Go Who figure that? that. Yeah. It's like cosmic law or something. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> So Green, what other questions did did we have? Mm, those were primarily it. Oh, you the, said you had a you had a question about Savathun and the worm. Uh okay, whether or not Savathun still has the worm is the question from that you did not get into our little a little rundown of the show. But yeah, that was right. one of them I asked. And the summary is does Savathun still have the familiar? Oh, okay. That makes infinitely more sense. I was like, how would she not have her worm anymore? No, the familiar. Oh, you're the talking one about that the started familiar. All okay. All of it. The oh, one who began okay. the whole problem. Um, we don't have any. No, Callus stole instances it. of it. Did Callus steal uh, it? No, no, I don't think. It's like what? Would, like what? No, I was like, I don't remember this. <laughs> the, the I even read the raid, and I don't remember this. Shh, shh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Nobody because, really remembers the raid. Let's be honest, guys, uh, guys, guys. Everybody needs to ask Blue if he'll do the raid with you uh, because he's not done the raid yet, and he really, really, really wants to do the Blue. raid, but he's someone, really afraid to. Someone ask. in this group is a dirty, Blue. dirty liar. And it's not me. Do the raid with me. Oh god, Justin, you dirty. The last dirty time, liar. the last time I did a raid with, we're going to talk about that after show. Um, no, because like the reason, the reason I was joking about that is Callus's a little uh, temper tantrum against his daughter about how the the bone that was his alternate plan, how she stole mm-hmm. it. I was like, well, that's that's convenient. You have a dead white thing that you use as a get-out-of-jail-free card, too. Also, the uh, the flavor text of the raid weapon <clears throat> God Conspirator. Right. Thing. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Who knows? This one again? Yeah. <laughs> so okay um i think that was did do we want to talk about oh well we kind of talked about the worm gods already we talked about that ooh, ooh, let's talk about the worm gods being chanted on io in every single little Kudo, taken ball 
brownie points if you know which one was missed. Uh, was it Soul? Nope, Akka. Because it's dead. Well, yeah, that makes more sense. Akka was also the one that was missed when Toland was chanting. Because they, did, they didn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> I was like, lost in translation. <laughs> That's the best place to be. <laughs> um, but so yeah, why so are all gods. the riffs? Why are all the riffs chanting just the worm gods? Are all the riffs chanting them, or just the one? Because I thought one some... of them, one of them was whispering Savathun. Right. It just, uh, yeah. There's like two I know that are mentioned in the Scannables that are chanting mm-hmm. them, or at least mentioning them. And then yes, the one that's outside by the fountain is chanting Savathun. Why are all the riffs taken? Well, because they're blights. Right. They're not actually riffs. I just lost words because if they were riffs, we would we would scare Hawthorne and <laughs> stuff fuel cells into him. That's still one of my favorite lines from the strikes. Is what's that hissing noise? Oh. Oh, it's 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 me. Nope, it's not me. Oh, good dunk. What's a dunk? Well, it's when we take a highly combustible fuel cell and shove it into a reactor pipe. What? Ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Love Kate. This is what B Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, you don't like hunters because you don't like capes. Okay, Poncho. Um, I think. I think. Like honestly, the thing is, is like because they're blight balls. I, I think that it's akin to you know summoning rituals. So, depending on who you're you're trying to summon, or they're like scrying scrying pools. Um, I don't know why was Tolan sitting in the screaming sea chanting the names. So is a is a scrying pool like a palantir from Lord of the Rings? Yes, it's it's a. It's a all-seeing type. Uh, not necessarily all-seeing, but it's. I mean, well, I guess it depends on the type of scrying pool. But yeah. So, is it possible? That it's just completely spin fold out, and it, you know, I just thought of it right now. Is it possible that the blight is somewhat like? the the window that, that someone's looking through and the worm god's names are the incantation that's keeping it open. Yes, that's what I think it would probably be possible. I, I think that's probable. Because that's what that's the feeling I get for the one that has Savathun's name whispered. Which is the, so then the question is the question is who's doing the looking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you stare into the void, does it also stare back into you? Ooh, that puts that quote in new context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to listen to it from Raul every time I go to decrypt something. He's a little creepy. Yeah, he's creepier. What happened? They re-rendered him. They re-rendered him. <laughs> 
he's got a, a lot more creepy vibe to him now. <laughs> I'm sorry. In chat. Osiris. Osiris. I call it a dark places. What do you want from 7-Eleven, Osiris? That would be awkward. <laughs> Quote, Tolan, probably. <laughs> yeah. A Red Bull. Oh, uh, a Red Bull. No, no only Whoa. only if you get the extra XP. I, I would take a monster, personally. <laughs> Beard's uh, like, I need caffeine. No, a green one. <laughs> just to go along with the hive. I'm just, I'm just saying. He wants a Red Bull and a phone charger. Guess which type? <laughs> Android. What's <laughs> an Android phone charger? U- USB USB C only. Oh my God! Don't get me started. Put it <laughs> Mission accomplished. Oh man. So worm gods. Uh, yeah, I don't I I really honestly I think that to me that seems like that would make the most sense mm. for the for the blight balls. Um mini Stevie Wonders, if you will. <laughs> I don't know how I even with you sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Oh, have you not heard this? Have you not heard this? This is like <laughs> Oh my god. I, oh no. <laughs> post show. <laughs> There's post show. a lot of things that are gonna happen in post show. <laughs> oh, you've been gone a while. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I, I as far as that was I think I think that's honestly the theories that I have. I don't know if you guys have any different ones. Um we did get a dispatch, if you guys want to jump onto that one real quick. Let's do it. You guys good for that? Mm-hmm. Dispatches from the wilds. All right, so uh, Chargoon actually sent this one in. I really liked it uh, because it kind of twists things a little bit, and it's really fun to think about. Uh, He said, hey, everyone, so the last chat really got me thinking about how to define morality. What I was able to come up with was that it that wasn't contradicted by different viewpoint is that morality is a standard of behavior within a group dynamic. So with that thought... I'd say the Hive are the most moral group in the Destiny universe. Everyone else has had some level of discourse. Factions, your Archons, Legions, and even some Vex deviate from the norm. Undying Mind, Talking Harpy, etc. But the Hive obey their creed wholly. Even as enemies kill them, they die by their sword logic, despite the rigged puzzle of the Throne Worlds. Sincerely, Chargoon. Dun-dun-dun thoughts go i think that was one of the things we kind of talked about yeah just the fact that by their own set of morale morals they are they're doing what they think is right Mm -hmm. which makes them so annoying as enemies because the overzealous person who thinks they're doing right is the one that is never going to question what they're like they yeah 
you think everyone, about it everyone. from things like all we run into these days. Mm. You, mm-hmm. you go from D and D perspective, lawful anything is still lawful, mm-hmm. and they are very, very lawful. Yeah, that's true. That's why lawful characters are fun to play. But also, lawfulness translates many times into predictability. Uh, not really. So, like, well, at least in the D&D sense, uh, lawful just means that you adhere to a code of some kind, whether that that's not necessarily like laws or anything like that. And that doesn't say that you have to like it's not necessarily always to the letter of the law. It could be to, you know, like the the often quoted spirit of the law. Um, There's a lot of different ways you can translate things to allow for different actions to be still acceptable within a lawful uh, alignment within the D and D universe, at least. Translation, all the high <laughs> yeah, follows logic. Lot of lot of in chat. Like, if you think lawful equals predictive, you're playing lawful wrong, <laughs> because. Well, I'm just saying with the hive, it seems to have a lot more. Uh, I don't know, a lot more of a logical vibe. So, I think they're bound by laws where. Most people are guided by them. Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 I would actually argue that that's more of the Taken than the Hive, um, because because the Taken is actually Oryx's attempt to perfect things. So, like again, I kind of refer back to the Taken Knight card, uh, especially because he's actually rebuking the Hive for not for not being fully faithful. Uh, and that's that's where you get the idea of him giving a knife to the to the individual that is being perfected, if you would, to carve away the imperfections. And most of those are hive. So like even the hive themselves are not. And, and just because you're technically lawful doesn't mean that you're perfect, right? You can mess up. I mean, D&D, again, going back to the D&D alignment thing, there's a, there is a process in which you can change alignments, and it's not always by choice. It's by your actions. So if you fall out of the alignment, you can actually change. Um, so again, I, I don't... I, I would argue that the, the Taken are more bound by law than the Hive. Yeah, I'd probably say that that's for the most part true, but... I'd say the taken are bound by a more narrow set of laws, but the principle's the same. It's just the 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 level of restriction right. would be yeah. what I would say is a little different. Well, and also with the taken, you have the argument of do they have their own will, or are they just you know automatons following the will of a puppet master? I ask myself that every day. I, I know you do, and I, I'm so proud of you for asking yourself that every day. Quick, before this gets even more awkward, Beard, what do you think? <laughs> I'm okay with the awkward. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I'm okay, okay with the awkward. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly think you guys have summed it up. I don't have anything to honestly add to it. The, I, I guess the hive kind of kind of follow that same kind of principle, or or 
follow the principle a little bit closer than most of the others do. I still don't think it's perfect. But even then, if we start Mm -hmm. to argue that Oryx is creating it to make it as perfect, that's only perfect in his eyes. And realistically, that's only a perspective and a point of view. Correct. Uh, But when all is said and done, what is the perfect shape? How do you end up uh, meeting that? What is the deep's end goal? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et because deep is darkness, and darkness is deep, and blah, blah, blah. Yep, I would agree with cosmic that. law. <laughs> cosmic. That's that's a uh, beard's beard's buzzword for tonight. We'll just we'll just take that from like the you know the big sun that's in the middle of the universe will go boom, and that will end everything. And then it is over. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's all I got for tonight. Yeah. Green. No, I'm good. What? Oh, God. <laughs> you like, I don't have it. Like you summed it up mm-hmm. quite well, I think. Yeah. Yay. All right, guys. Um, I'm, I'm actually in shock. We, we actually managed to. To wrap it up in less than two hours. Do you guys have anything, anything else that we should have mentioned that you think is necessary? AKA blue doesn't want to be under two hours. Maybe it makes me, it makes me feel weird. Hey, I got something we can mention. Okay, let's go for it. So Shax, Mm -hmm. that character there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Fight forever. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we mentioned Shax a few times in the episode. So yeah, it's not we just were like we a- were told we were told that we have to mention Shax more as a community by yes. a very highly esteemed individual in our chat. Yes. Yes. Um, Welcome to Folk Fire wrote- Chat. Now with twenty percent more Shax. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then brought, it's the it's brought to you by not, Audible. Not shoddily built lean twos. <laughs> don't don't you mean like I don't know math for dummies or something like that? Because we got to put a twenty percent on it. That means we're like following mathematical terms here. This is <laughs> math for this dummies is, brought is, to you by audible.com. <laughs> this is this is more shacks in everybody. Cosmic law. Yeah. This is this is continuing to follow cosmic law because I could put twenty percent more more hydrogen inside of a sun and keep it around. You know, point zero four percent more. Shacks. He could he could take twenty percent more of my sword. That jerk. <laughs> hey, no, he you know, he just because the, the first time, just because he's the only one that remembers that you're an, you're an iron wolf doesn't mean that you have to be mad at him. Kate does too. Kate too. Okay, yeah, I was about to say Kate does. Kate does make fun of you. Oh, Saladin still talks about you, Wolfie. Does he, Kate? <laughs> does he? <laughs> oh man! All right, guys. <clears throat> so, <laughs> final final thoughts or shout outs, uh, Beard? What do you got for us? Uh, just continued. Thank you for for everything that you guys do for me. Uh. I enjoy our chats, especially when I'm like more awake and everything. <laughs> um, I I definitely enjoyed the uh, Dead Space uh, discussion, or one sided as it might have been uh, from before. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, um, no, it was awesome. I the, enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, just uh, just being able to gush about that game was was fantastic. Uh, 
I'm hoping once you guys get done listening to this one, maybe you can go and check that out. Because if you're looking for another game with like rich lore to mm. jump back into, uh, it's another really good one. Uh, but otherwise, in terms of uh, people to shout out, I'm I'm wondering what's going on with uh, with Mylan because I haven't heard from him in a while, and I'm <laughs> concerned because he is so far away, and I can't just be like Mylan. And he lives in Australia, buddy. Which, which yeah, means which means he's always it? in danger. Are you afraid of a Pacific Rim type scenario? I'm not. I'm not so much concerned <laughs> with that. Rim. <laughs> because like Australia. Well, no. See, Australia already already suffers from that with their <laughs> crap. So they're already fighting kaiju. They're they're basically the kaiju capital of the world. Even though Japan would make you think that because they deal with Godzilla all the time, this is the truth. No, 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 no. It's Australia. Freaking dingoes eating babies. Like, come on. Let's let's yeah. go along with it here. They're then, they're just they're just big foxes. Yeah. Like there's, that goes along with kaiju. There's actually a strong possibility that he's on a walkabout. <laughs> if you've seen Mylan um tell him <laughs> he'll know what it means don't make him weird don't 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 you mean hey, hey, hey Marlin, don't you want a beer a fosters yes yes because that's what all australians love let me tell you look look I have conversed with Log Power Slave and Brainslot <laughs> enough to understand that beer is their lifeblood. Okay? Beer is beer, I but not it. all Australians are fond of Fosters. I will tell you that. Okay, yes. No, I'm going to say Fosters, For I know for a fact they hate. Like, they it hate was, it down there. It was just the slogan, you literalists. Look, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Why don't, why don't you stop being so... I don't know, beerist? Is that even beerist. a thing? Now, now I now I feel like I'm sitting here talking about Dragon Ball Super with beerist. Moving it on, is, the if I start talking is, about is, Egyptian cats. You could totally be beerist. I do live in Colorado. This is a thing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Green, what about you? I mean, look, I live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> if you don't like Yingling, for God's sake, you may as well just move out of the state. That's the why I don't live there. No, d- What's that? This, like I don't even know what that is. Y- Yingling. All right. I, I Yingling. thought you said I thought you said Yingling, which is a no. Y- Ying Yingling. Yingling. Jingling. If you don't Yingling. like Yingling, <laughs> if you don't like Santa Claus, you're not cool. <sighs> Yingling. Clearly, I can't jingle, talk beer with you people. Jingle. God. God. Yingling. Oh, you are just the worst type of person. <laughs> Green, what about you? <laughs> uh, I okay. okay. Um, I'm still trying to decipher what that is because that looks. I don't a, anyway. Jingling, um, it's a type of beer. Jingling, jingle. No. Sure. I will. I will look it up while you do the thing. Okay, Thank so you. do your thing. Um, the thing is. Letting everybody know who is in our community to kind of show, um, just drop a note for any of the content creators you tend to like, because a lot of us, and this is something I kind of got on Twitter and just tweeted out earlier this week, that a lot of us who are content creators, you may think we hear things all the time, but 
most of us don't, not even the big, big ones, not like a lot of people don't actually get a lot of just comments saying, Hey, I enjoy your stuff. That kind of stuff, just showing appreciation to your content creators that you enjoy. It's just kind of a nice treat every once in a while. And I, that sounds like I'm asking for like compliments. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, any of the content creators, we have web developers, we have musicians, like what's a uh, log power. Is it power slave powerhouse? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Power power slave. He's got some great music and stuff like that. And there's so many different content creators out there who are so, so talented, but don't they devote a ton of time outside of their job? I know the four of us have full time jobs, and we still do a lot of different times outside. The people who put out videos every single day, if they they're working a job and doing all of that, it's amazing how much time they're devoting just to bring something to you to make you smile and make your day a little bit better. So let a content creator that you enjoy know that you appreciate them because. I guarantee you they don't hear it nearly enough for all the work they put into it. I will actually jump off of that a little bit as uh, the chan- as my channel has gotten bigger. I have heard it less and less. And it's not that, you know, it, it's asking for, yeah, you better, you better say thanks like all the time when I make something. It's not that superfluous or, you know, self-centered. It's just a matter of I, I, I thrive on that uh, on that extra little denotion because it helps me to kind of keep motivated. So as somebody that was a uh, a smaller a smaller creator and now is a little larger and I still don't know where I am at this point. Long story short, the it does help a lot with anybody that is like growing their uh, portfolio, growing their catalog for you guys. Cause it just does help them to keep motivated largely. So definitely, definitely go. And I'm not just saying me like go thank anybody that you can. If it's, if it's not me, which I would tell it's that's understandable in my brain. Trust me, I get it. But if you go ahead and just uh, don't tell, don't like, tell thank- Jim that he'll get on you. Oh, I know if he listens to this, and, and <laughs> I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. I get it. I already understand it. Um, let mom know. Yes, I know. He'll, he'll be like, you know, you sit down and drink your beer <laughs> and get better about it. And I'll be like, well, you, you see, Jim, I'm going to sit here and drink this yingling. And you can't have it because okay, you're it so up. far away. I have it in the chat. Jingles did it. Going. You've got plenty. You're misspelling uh, jingling, by the way. <laughs> I'm one of the <laughs> Look, you, I'm not trying to spell Jingle Bell Rock. There is none of that. The season has passed, and I would very much like to forget it. Thanks. I'm more purist, but okay. I'm a more purist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more purist. <laughs> All right, Justin, what about you? If, if Beard is done jingling. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just like, it's just like um, Green and Beard said, you know, they're not in it for, you know, any type of like attaboy or pat on the back or anything. Whereas I'm all about that. Um, your tribute is my lifeblood. And through the streams of your tribute, 
Um, my power surges. So please, please let me know just how awesome I am. Justin um, is the hive god confirmed. Like to say you. this. And thus well, I define me. And um, thank God Toland is in there just to screw up your entire tithing. Uh, I think I think if I can upset you, I could get to Toland. Um, <laughs> that is you a know, fair probably. point. You know, I will I will actually thank you for the compliment, good sir. Yes. I think if I can flabbergast Bife and and flummox beard, I think I could probably I, I think I could make Tolan bounce an expletive. <laughs> I think I could make it happen. Um, I think he would just be like, You complete nincompoop. Wait, that's Asher, hang on. <laughs> no. Anyways, uh just like they said, um content creators and and uh all that jazz. Be sure and you know, just when people when anyone makes something like you don't necessarily need to be to be told that you're, you know, amazing for making it. But when you are when you are appreciated for it, it um it's real special to that person. So, you know, three or four words um can you know, can I I mean I know I don't know about blue, but Anyone who does this this podcasting thing or the YouTube thing or whatever, there's there's been times when it's been late and you've been doing something and you've kind of thought to yourself, My God, why am I going through this? And then you'll just see a really a really cool comment will pop up of someone talking about how you made them smile or you know, that they're a trucker and they listen to you while they drive and it's it it makes their week. So anyways, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just take that moment. And say, you know, thank you. Also, tip your waitress. Twenty percent. Don't shortchange them that eighteen percent bullcrap. Yeah. Even if you're not sure, your phone will tell you. Your phone mm-hmm. will tell you. <laughs> but will it? Will oh it? man. All right. Well. Uh, next week's discussion is going to be on Exodus Black. Uh, as usual, if you guys have any uh, thoughts or questions about that, please be sure to email us, shoot us a tweet over on Twitter, or message us on Discord. Either any of those options are always always worthwhile. Uh, a bit again, big thank you to all the subscribers and patrons, both uh, on Twitch and also over on Podbean's crowdfunding. Uh, you guys are definitely definitely a big part of why we continue to do this uh, because you know we don't want to we don't want to let you guys down and we don't want to let everyone that we think is enjoying what we do especially justin's justin's technological difficulties uh, aside his humor is is definitely something that we cannot stop from sharing with everyone um but yes i think that's that's everything and uh stick around if you guys are in the live chat if you're not in the live chat be sure to come by and you can see what the craziness of the after show is like so here we go with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focus chat links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focus 
Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.